Good morning. This is Jesusa Alvarado Bautista from San Antonio Project Reach. We're a nonprofit organization here in the San Antonio area, and we are here to provide drug and alcohol awareness to the communities of San Antonio and their youth. Here at Project Reach, we are committed to developing and working with diverse individuals and organizations from San Antonio and help provide education on drug and alcohol awareness within the community. We're also here to hear your voice, and it is key to make a positive change for our youth today. Now, I'm not here to say whether you're right, you're wrong, you're bad for doing what you're doing, whether it's using drugs, using alcohol. But what I'm here today to do is just provide information, provide awareness of what those decisions can do and how they can alter your life and impact and have negative consequences. And also inform that there are better options. There are positive options that our youth can have if we just give them those tools and resources. Right now in San Antonio, one of the biggest things that we're all developing or all dealing with as well as throughout the United States is the pandemic of COVID. What is happening with our youth? What changes are they having to go through? What sacrifices are they having to make? Well, with the pandemic on the rise and us being in the second wave, are we going to have another shutdown? We don't know. But how is this affecting our youth? How is this, their, this affecting their ability to cope and not do things that are going to have negative consequences? I have read and talked with several teenagers and a lot of them don't know how to handle the situation. A lot of things have changed. A lot of things have, they have had to do without. For instance, our seniors of 2020, all they looked forward to their lives was prom, graduation, starting a new life, reaching new goals, and all that was taken due to the pandemic. So the question is, is there a rise? Is there a rise right now in alcohol use? Is there a rise in drug use? Not just with our youth, but what about the adults? What's going on in our communities that we are not seeing? What is it that our communities are doing to help alleviate and help our youth cope with the changes that are happening? So this month, since we are in July, one of the big things that um, I was going to talk about was, of course, drug use. And one of the focuses that we have this month is prescription drug use. And it's unfortunate, but prescription drug use is something that's really on the rise with our adolescents, with our youth. Um, just to let you know, um, in adolescents, the prescription drugs and pain relievers, stimulants, tranquilizers, and sedatives, it's a major health concern. And according to the National Survey on Drug Use and Health, there are 11.7% of 12 to 17-year-olds who report non-medical use of psychotherapeutic drugs at some point in their lives. And about 3.3% reported such use in just the past month. Now, there have been studies done, and they have found um, some percentages of what our youth are using. 
Um, they say about 9.7% of our 12th graders, our seniors in high school, have reported non-medical use of Vicodin, the number one thing. Uh, then we have 4.7% of high school seniors that also reported the use of Oxycontin. And also, you know, the past year, the abuse rates for students were 6.8% for 12th graders, 6.4% for 10th graders, and 4.5% for 8th graders. That is a lot. It, it may seem a small percentage, but it's a lot. They are taking these prescription drugs to help alleviate whatever it is that they may be going through. Now, there are people that do take prescription drugs, you know, medications. They take a responsibility. However, 6.5 million persons, are, or you can say 2.5% of the population, 12 years or older, are current users of prescription drugs, but for non-medical reasons. Now, 1.9 million persons age 12 or older were classified as dependent on or abused drugs. So that says something. Are we monitoring our youth? Are we talking to our youth about how bad it is to abuse these drugs? To use these drugs and the importance of being able to use them responsibly. Uh, when I was in school, uh, there was a video that we saw. And it was about individuals who are addicted to drugs. And a large majority of the individuals that were interviewed said that they got addicted to using drugs, street drugs like heroin, cocaine, crystal meth, whatever it is that they got their hands on and, and you know, their choice. Um, they started using after being addicted to prescription drugs. Um, you know, abusing prescription opiate pain relievers such as Oxycontin, Vicodin are the main, usually about the main reasons or are the lead use in heroin. People wonder why. How do they go from Vicodin and Oxycontin to using heroin? Because heroin apparently produces the same high that you get from using Vicodin and Oxycontin. And, you know, I'm not going to lie, when I had Vicodin, it, it's, I, I had to be careful with it. You know, they gave me Vicodin when, you know, I was in pain. I got hurt. I used Vicodin for a little bit. Um, I'm not a very big, you know, person to take prescription drugs. Um, but it was hard because it was, it was that that high, that feeling that you didn't feel any pain. And you have some that can, you know, just say take it responsibly, and then you have those that they take it and take it, and, you know, they, they've got to go to something else. Um, and it's, it's sad, it's a shame, because then our youth are going to use another type of drug that's going to get them addicted, addicted, and cause them to want more and do things that uh, normally you wouldn't do. 
cheat, lie, steal, use their bodies for sexual purposes to, to get the money to get that next high. 90%, let me just give you a number, 90% of addictions start in the teenage years. One in six teens have used medicine to get high. 27% teens believe that using a prescription drug to get high is safer than using street drugs to get high. 16% of parents believe the same thing. Now, when I used to facilitate at a high school, I worked with students who were on the verge of being put on probation because of truancy or they were just you know put in my class because um, they didn't have another class to take and i would ask kids i would ask the teens like you know why do you do certain things why do you smoke what is it about that high and it was easier for him. I had a kid come in who was hopped up high on taking medication. And I was worried for him because he was just really out of it. And they all told me the same thing. What's well, prescription drug, miss? You know, the doctor gave it to us. It should, it should be safe. It's safe. It's all right. But it's like I told him when I had to give up my skill on drug and alcohol use because that was something they had to keep track of all the time. And I told him, no matter what kind of drug it is, if it's not used properly, it's bad. Whether it's over-the-counter, whether it's prescribed, or whether it's street, it's all can be bad. It can be detrimental to your life because it depends on how you use it, what you do with it. Just like drinking alcohol. Drinking alcohol is a responsibility. Well, taking prescription drugs is a responsibility. It's not just the, the use responsibility, but the parent's responsibility because they need to monitor. Monitor your kids. Don't give them the whole bottle. Check and see how many pills are in that bottle. Let's see, keep an eye on what our kids are doing. I have, I have medication and... You know, I never let my eight-year-old son go into there, get it. I always give it to him because I want to make sure that he's getting the right amount and not doing what he's not supposed to. Now, the other thing is, let's ask ourselves. What is it about prescription drugs that entices our youth? or any individual, not even just the youth, the adults. Do we even know what prescription drug abuse is? You know, prescription drug, it, you know, the drug, it's available only with authorization from a healthcare practitioner to a pharmacist. And the prescription drugs that are, you know, most abused are opiates, which are medications that should be paying like Vicodin, Oxycontin, Codeine, antidepressants, um, substances that slow the brain activity, such as benzodiazepines, which is for anxiety to help someone sleep, like Valium or Xanax. Then you have your stimulants, um, which help increase you know your attention, and alertness, and are used for treating attention deficit disorder. And those include like Adderall and you know Ritalin. 
So why are these such an enticing thing for kids or our youth or adults? Because you have adults, too, that get addicted to them. You know, why? That's the question. We as parents, do we ask those questions? Do we ask why our children are taking drugs and abusing them when they shouldn't? You know, that is, that's something that's, that needs to be discussed. Because 90% of prescription drug addictions always start in the teens. So why? Why are teens abusing prescription drugs? You know, teenagers and young adults, they all have a common misperception that medications that are prescribed by physicians are going to be safe. Even when they're used wrong. They're still safe because a doctor gave it to me. A doctor said it was okay. But what's the motivation behind it? Do we ask ourselves that? Do we ask our kids, why are you taking more than what you're supposed to? Think about it. If you're an adult and you're over what we call self-medicating in the mental health field, why? Because you're self-medicating. That's the key word. Are they self-medicating? And some teenagers do that, just like an adult. And we think that teens and youth do not have any stressors. We think that because they're in school, what do you have to be worried about? What do you got to be stressed about? That's not the case. There's a lot, especially now, because now our youth has access to so much technology, social media, and kids, come on, like I used to tell my students when I used to facilitate at a high school, I used to tell y'all are evil kids. Y'all use technology and social media in the most evil manner possible. Because you know what, rather than go and say something to that other person about how you feel in their face, Y'all go to social media to tear them down branch by branch. And what happens? If a teen can get a hold of a drug to help alleviate what they're feeling, pain, anxiety, they're going to use that. They're going to they're gonna self-medicate so they don't have to feel that anxiety or pain that they're feeling, whether it's about being bullied, whether it's because... Their boyfriend left them, or maybe because they're in the middle of a battle between their parents, or maybe they're not getting along with their parents, and they feel the need to self-medicate. Then you have your students that need to make the grade at all costs. So what do they do? They use drugs to help them with their schoolwork study and the big users in college the big drug of choice in college to help get through finals is Adderall, Adderall and Ritalin because it helps them apparently focus and stay up and study but do they realize what it's doing to them chemically it's not good for you to take something that you're not supposed to be taking because it can alter your your chemistry in your brain. Then 
If they're not getting that high, they may mix it with alcohol to get a better high. But little do they know that mixing alcohol and prescription drugs can kill them, can labor their breathing, and they can go into a deep sleep and not ever wake up. So we got to be careful with that. We got to be cautious. We got to ask our children and not be afraid to talk to them. Not be afraid to keep those keep that medicine locked up and give it to them. Just because they're 15, 16, 14, don't don't let them carry the pills. Give it to them. Keep track. You know, I used to ask my kids that I facilitated with, like, hey, where do you where do you get where are you getting your Xanax and your the bars? Where, where are you getting all this stuff from? And it's it's ironic, you know. And with studies are showing that, you know, kids between the ages of 12 and 17 who use prescription drugs non-medically in the past 12 months have reported that they get them from about 53%, say they get them from about, a, you know, either a friend or a relative for free. Then you have about 21% who say they receive them through, of course, their doctor, a prescription that was given to them for the doctor. They broke their arm, got into a car wreck, probably going to give some, you know, Vicodin, something to help them alleviate that pain. Then you have 4.3% uh, who got pain relievers from a drug dealer, you know, or other stranger, you know. Some of them, you have that, you have that 0.01% that say they got them off the internet, off the internet. Now, or they just go into, you know, now they, you know, their parents are, are taking meds, you know. Um, the kids might be just going into the medicine cabinet and say, hey, I'm going to take a couple of mom's pills, dad's pills, they ain't going to notice them. And as, as we, as adults, do we really take notice? Do we sit there and count our pills and see how many are there and then ask our kids? No, we don't. Sometimes we put a blind eye to it. Sometimes we don't realize it. That's why it's important to talk to our teens. And we need to be careful even more so because the rise in the use of drugs is increasing. Because why? Well, because now their whole lives have changed with the pandemic. How are they coping with the inability to socialize? They can't go to the parks. They can't go to the rivers. They can't have parties because now we're having guidelines that we have to follow for our safety as well as safety of others. So how are they coping? Maybe drinking. Heck, on Facebook, when this whole pandemic started, you know, there was a video, and it was funny, but it made me think. You know, there's a guy who's going down, you know, his morning jog to get his morning run in to exercise, and he's seeing, you know, it's recycle day, so he's looking at the recycle bin, and every recycle bin that he saw, there were bottles upon bottles upon bottles of alcohol, empty. 
recycled and thrown away. So if we as adults are using that as a coping mechanism because we can't go out, what do you think our kids are doing? Have we talked to our kids? You know, is there mental health options available to our kids? Are our communities, you know, reaching out to city council and saying, hey, we need to be able to provide some type of mental health for our teens? Are the schools doing that? Can the schools do that? That's another question. Are the schools able to? Are the schools willing to say, hey, here is, you know, an online link, contact me, and we'll talk. So I can keep tabs on how you're doing. And there has been a rise where kids had been reaching out to their, to their count, school counselors because it was getting rough. They weren't being able to socialize. Yes, you socialize on the phone. They, they text on the phone. They Snapchat on the phone. They use their Facebook. But we all need the physical interaction. And some of us are able to cope and some of us aren't able to cope. Um, I'm going to tell you a story about that I read in a news article. Um, it was a young mother who was a pharmacy tech. And um, she had been suffering from back pain. So she finally went to the doctor. The doctor prescribed her some Vicodin, you know, to help with the pain. And when she started taking it, it made her, like for her, it made her feel un invincible. You know, she was able to go to work. She had so much energy, you know, after she worked a 12-hour day, she'd go home, clean her house, take care of her son. And she was doing, she was using them. Then within about a three-month time frame, instead of taking that, take that one pill every six hours, she's, she was up to doing 10 pills a day in order to feel good. 10. 10. She wasn't realizing that she was becoming physically addicted to this. So then a supposed friend offered her, they call it brown. She didn't know what it was. She didn't know it was heroin. She took it and she said that she found the same high, but it was just 10 times better. So this, she started using heroin. She was on the path of using heroin. The more she used it, the more she had to spend her money. And in the end, she ended up losing everything, her job, her car, her family's respect. And she finally had to get help. You know, she was stealing, she was doing things that she wasn't supposed to just so she can get that next high. Um, she went into a drug rehab and she's doing better. Um, you know, she's, she's, finally on a road to a positive life where it's a drug-free life. But think about it, three months. It just took three months for her to get addicted to a prescription drug, and after that, she got addicted to heroin. And this was an she was an adult. She was a young adult, mind you. A young adult. That's how quick things can turn around. That's how quick our teens, our teens as well as adults can get addicted. Now I told you about COVID. I told you that, you know, COVID and prescription drugs, there's a link there. We have a link, you know, 
pandemic can't go do anything, hey, let's go and some people will take some, you know, medication to self-medicate. Um, but doing substances, you know, having a substance abuse disorder um, can be bad and, and bad for you and even worse if you have happened to catch COVID, if you happen to catch Corona, you know, um, you know, it, 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 we all know that COVID attacks the respiratory system. So if you're a substance, you know, if you use substance, if you, excuse me, if you abuse drugs or you're, you are a substance use disorder, what we call it, um, and say you're smoking or, you know, you're smoking meth, you're smoking whatever it is, you're smoking e-cigs, you know, you're vaping pens, pipes, marijuana, whatever the case may be. It's going to be that much easier to damage your lungs because it's a respiratory disease. Corona attacks the lungs. So if you're smoking and doing anything, you're at greater risk. A person who has a methamphetamine or opioid use will have a greater risk for an overdose. Because why? It's going to labor the breathing. You take methamphetamines and opiates, and then, you're, and then you couple that with COVID, which attacks your lungs, you're at greater risk to probably die because it's going to slow your, your breathing. It's going to cause you know, hypo, <clears throat> hypoxemia. I'm sorry, it's hard for me to pronounce it. Which is, you know, extreme decreased oxygen in the blood and diminish that lung capacity. Therefore, you end up dying. Which, like a lot of people that drink alcohol and use drugs, that's what ends up happening because they stop breathing. So you got to be careful with that. We got to keep an eye on what our, our youth are doing. Like I said, we are here. We know we're not going to totally stop drug and alcohol use. We know we're not. But if we can give that awareness, we can provide information. We can be a resource, not just for our youth, not just for our schools, but for families, for communities. Making sure that local businesses, small stores that sell alcohol, that 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 have that there, are doing it right, not selling to students not selling to youth, families and parents who are providing alcohol at parties for other kids understand the ramifications of what can happen to them if, if they are, if it's found out that they were the ones providing. We gotta keep an eye on, especially now with this pandemic. Um, like I said, we're, we're here just to provide awareness for drug and alcohol to the communities in San Antonio, be that voice let them know that we're here to hear them and help them with changes, you know, because we have our city council members and our city council members work for us. But what we have to do is be the voice. We have to take stand and take back what we believe in. Um, in addition to providing this awareness, uh, we are also here to provide resources. Um, we are also here to let you know that there are other resources available to you. Resources that I didn't even know about until I started going and doing a lot of networking with other organizations like Bridging the Gap, which is a phenomenal organization. Um, awesome, awesome people to talk to. A plethora of other nonprofits that work with them that are here for the community that, you know, that people don't know about. And that's what we're here for. We're here to provide that for you.
Um, so we're, like I said, we're not just here to preach and, and say you're doing wrong, but we want to give you the information that you deserve. We want to be able to be a voice. Um, some of the other things I want to let you know before, you know, we're going is, is be safe out there. Uh, this pandemic is no joke. A lot of people think that it, that it's, you know, not real. It is. I have a friend in there right now who is bad. He's in ICU uh, with the virus. Um, just keep in mind, you know, businesses, if you're open, you know, make sure you're keeping within the guidelines, which is, you know, requiring all the employees and customers to wear face coverings when they're in the area or performing, or performing, or performing, um, an activity, you know, that involves close contact, um, Make sure you, you, you do that. Make sure you're keeping everything safe, not just you, your businesses. You know, if you are selling alcohol as dry food so that way, you know, you don't go out of business, make sure you're doing it the right way. Make sure you're following the guidelines so that way you're not fined, so that way you're not, your liquor license isn't taken away. Just, just make sure you're doing everything right, guys. We need to stay safe. We need to be careful. We need to be aware. Uh, you know, I know some people feel like, you know, I don't have to wear a mask. It's infringing upon my, you know, my freedom. I get it. You know, I don't, I'm, I do not like wearing the mask. I don't, but I wear it because why? I have a son. I need to be the role model for my son. If I don't wear it, he's not going to want to wear it. And my son's safety and health is a number one priority. As should everybody else. And next thing, guys small businesses let's support our small local businesses there are a lot of businesses that could use your help to stay in business um you know there's el chamoy local um off of ingram and san antonio small business i know the individuals that own it great great snacks and stuff that they have there Carol's bakery another place awesome awesome sweet bread that they have there so make sure that we're, you know, wherever you're at, whether it's here in San Antonio, Texas, Dallas, Texas, California, wherever the place, if you see a small local business, let's try to keep them in business. You know, big box companies are going to be here no matter what. They have the ability to stay stay above water, you know, because they're corporate. That's, you know, they're able to. But our small business, let's give them a helping hand. Let's help them stay in business. Let's do what we can. If they're selling food, hey, go buy from them. Take to go. You know, if they're not having dining, order to go. But let's keep them in business. You know, they're, you know they, they did all they could to have a business. Let's keep them there. Um, you know, and, and remember just to stay safe. Let's keep them, you know, track of what our kids are doing. You know, let's keep them occupied. You know, I know it's hard because kids have all this technology. But you know what? Use this time to sit, go walking with your kids and have a conversation. Go to a dinner, you know, buy dinners, you know, sit at the dinner table and talk. Have a movie night. Eat some popcorn together. This is the perfect time to get to know your child. And vice versa, kids, this is the best time to get to know your parents. You know, when I was back in the day, you know, we had family dinner and we sat, we talked, we argued. But we were connected. 
This is the time to be connected. This is the time to unify, not just family-wide, but also within the community. So, you know, help those out. Help our elderly, our seniors. You see some that need some help. See, you know, go check up on them. If they need anything, take it to them. Um, just be aware. Be aware of your surroundings. Um, if you have any questions and, and, you know, you want more information about what we do, you know, you can visit our website at CDP hyphen sa.org and just click on the project reach tab or you know look at us on facebook san antonio project reach and our instagram which is also san antonio project reach that is the name of, of our pages uh, you know be a part of the change for a better community be the voice um, only you can make that change but do it in a positive way uh, you know everybody i just you know want to tell you stay health stay healthy excuse me Stay healthy and stay safe and, you know, have a better life and let's go ahead and, and be the best community, you know, to have. Um, it was nice being on air with you. Hopefully, you know, I will, you know, you'll, you'll hear my podcast. You'll hear us again. Hopefully within the next, you know, few weeks I can have somebody online with me and, and we'll be going Facebook Live hopefully in a couple of weeks doing this podcast so that way if anybody has any questions, wants to chime in and and stuff we're going to do it but do it in a nice fashionable manner um but like i said you know you know come back with us here us next week i'll be uh, putting this on every wednesday in the morning so uh, don't be shy give us a listen to and we'll see you there stay safe this is Jesus bautista from san antonio project reach have a wonderful and exciting day